0: If you're looking to know all the latest beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. Do you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense? This is your show. It's Live La Bella Vita on TogiNet with Dawn Catherine. If you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes from the vine to the bottle, if you love Italian food and want to learn Nana's recipes, you enjoy travel and want to know the best luxury destinations and resorts, love spending time with La Famiglia. does your business or passion allow you to live La Bella Vita? Let's find out. All that and a little more with an Italian flair. This is Live La Bella Vita on Toginette.com. And now, here's your host, Don Catherine.
1: Hello and welcome to the La Bella Vita show. I'm Don Catherine, your hostess with the mostess, and I hope you poured yourself a glass of wine and are ready for another great show tonight. If you're listening live, thank you for tuning in, and if you happen to be listening to this on a broadcast, thank you for downloading my podcast from iTunes or the TogiNet page. And if you do happen to be listening live and you don't know that you can download a podcast of this show, Just know that you can go to my TogiNet page, La Bella Vita, on the TogiNet radio show page and uh, download it. And you can go to iTunes as well and put in a search and put Don Catherine or La Bella Vita and go down to where it says podcasts and you can subscribe for free. So please go do that. And uh, hey, if you have any feedback for me about the show, let me know. If there's something that you want to see on the show, let me know. I love to hear from my listeners. So, anyway, so what has been going on? So, I have been off for a couple of weeks. I had some technical difficulties with my internet, and uh, we had some really bad weather, and I wasn't feeling well. So, you know, it was a little bit of lots of stuff going on (laughs) the last couple of weeks. But um, I have been totally obsessed with the Olympics. I don't know about any of you out there who are listening are as obsessed with the Olympics as I am from believe it or not, I missed the opening ceremonies, which is so, so sad. I can't believe that I actually, I missed them, but it wasn't my fault. It was my TV's fault. I couldn't get it in. So for whatever reason, my, my uh, TV was not, I could get every other channel, but channel two, which is my local NBC station here. So it was very sad that I missed it. And I guess eventually I will go online and watch it. But obviously I watched all the snippets from all the shows and I got to tell you, it was amazing seeing everybody come in. It's always so emotional when you see the world coming together. loved it. Um, but uh, I It's so great. Everybody is doing so well. The United States is kicking some major bootay and uh, racking up all of those gold medals. It's awesome. And silvers and bronze. And I just think that whether you win a medal or you're not, the fact that you actually get to the Olympics is just, like, flipping crazy amazing. And what an experience. And I sit here sometimes, and I'm like, God, I wonder what I could do to go to the Olympics. Like, what sport is there that is, like, takes no kind of... I don't know, physical athletic ability, <laughs> because God knows we can't do- see they need to have like a hairstyling competition, like a real Olympics or I don't know, something like that so that I can go to the Olympics and actually get a medal for something like that. I, I don't know. I guess that would be kind of a cool thing. Um, Anyways, but uh, so, yeah, I mean, the athletes are performing amazingly. I think that the sportsmanship between all of the countries is amazing, and it really uh, makes me think that one day we could have real peace on Earth when you see all these countries coming together and uh, supporting each other and embracing each other and all of the people that are actually there watching the olympics there in person just seem to be from just about every face corner of the world and they're there together and they're getting along peacefully and i think that's a wonderful thing and uh, i think if we could just realize we all are the same people we have some differences whether it's culturally or spiritually or religiously but at the end of the day we all are human beings we just want to be loved and we want justice and peace for everybody so i hope if there's one that we can learn from the olympics that is it um but, uh, all our fellow mankind just wants to be loved and have peace and no war and uh, to take care of each other i think that's what we should do but it has been fun watching london because i was just there a year ago, and it's fun seeing all of the spots that I got to visit while I was there, and I'm like, oh my God, I was just there, and so that's been really fun, and they've been an extraordinary host city. It's brought uh, the... GB, Great Britain athletes, lots of luck, too. They've gotten more medals this Olympics than they have in a long, long time. So I think that's great. It's been really nice to see Wills and Kate out there and Harry and all of the royals going to all the events. And, I mean, you got to love Wills and Kate. I mean, I'm a big fan of theirs. Uh, you know, if you listen to the show enough, you know that I adore them both. And uh, But it's really cool. I mean, they're out there sitting among the commoners and, uh, you know, I I think that's just so great, and they were very affectionate and playful with each other, and I just think that they're such a a positive um, PR for the monarchy, because people can just so relate to them, because they're just very, very relatable, and they're just so cute, you gotta love them, and, you know, there hasn't this there hasn't been that kind of love and adoration since diana so it's nice to see that they're getting their mojo back and yes i think that it was hilarious seeing the uh the queen jump down from the helicopter in 007 style that was fabulous i loved that and my uh producer anna who i love thank you anna she's the one who helps me do all my shows uh she loved it too so it was great i I just think they did a brilliant job and um you know it's gonna be sad when the Olympics is over it always makes me really sad that you now we have to wait another two years until we get to see another one. So I'm super excited for everybody, and I'm super sad that it's going to end. But uh, I'm thinking I might want to go to Rio. Now, how cool would it be to go to Rio? I mean, can you imagine the opening ceremonies at Rio? For the love of God, it's going to be amazing. I mean, they if you've ever seen pictures from their carnival, it's like insane crazy. So their opening ceremonies are going to be just Unbelievable! I can't even, I think it's going to be amazing. Can't wait. So if I can make my way, it's on my bucket list of things to do. I want to go to an opening ceremony at Olympics. So if anybody who's out there listening, if you can make that happen and you want to make that happen for me, please send me an email. Thanks. Just uh, FYI. Um, so as of this moment, uh, I checked right before we got on to air, uh, we are the leaders in gold medals and, uh, we have more medals than any other country. Uh, we keep on going back and forth with China. You know, they, they have their mojo this Olympics too. They're doing really well. So anyway, that's about it. That's what's going on, uh, in the world of Dawn. And, uh, so my incantatos this week, um, I got to tell you, I, I think I said it last time we were, I was on air. Final witness is a show on ABC airs at 10 o'clock. So for those of you who are on the West coast, you will have a chance to catch it, um, before it airs this evening. It is like seriously the best show ever. I am so in love with this show. It is so great. And if you're listening, you need to watch that show. It is a real life uh, situation that happened, a murder mystery, and basically it unfolds on a reality style. And they have actors and real life people that were associated with the events the investigation the friends the family members and they meld it together just beautifully and um, i've been really lucky i actually been tweeting the um one of the producers uh just telling him how amazing the show is and so i just want to give a shout out to them because the show is phenomenal tonight is a series finale Um not series but the season finale so uh go check it out you can go check it out online final witness go do it you're going to love it i promise so okay so my fashion icons for this week is the olympic athletes because seriously opening ceremonies how great did everybody look the countries style and profiling everybody has like these great warm ups i mean it's just amazing they all look fabulous and i got to give a shout out to my girls on gymnastics usa team Did they not look adorable? Their red, white, and blue little cute little leotards were just adorable. So unbelievable and uh some of the people that are at the olympics it's hilarious too what they're wearing i mean i saw somebody in a entire bodysuit, like literally a face covered and everything like in red white and blue or whatever in other countries it's really funny lots of olympic spirit and showing off the countries i think it's fabulous so anyway so my wine pick this week is a prosecco from cartiz and uh, it's 35 dollars a bottle so it's not so so bad Uh, But it's named for the area that it's produced in, and uh, it has an aroma of fresh peaches and flowers. How can you not love that, peaches and flowers, really? It's a medium full-bodied Prosecco with a very long finish. It is quite dry, so it's better served with food, seafood, or poultry, and not so much as, like, an after dinner. So you got to try that out. It's very, very good. So my buffoon of the week, you know, stupid person of the week otherwise, um, is uh, the grumpy old guy sitting behind gymnast USA Alexandria Raisman's parents, who, by the way, is from Massachusetts. Go, Massachusetts, because we all know my family is from there. Um, yeah, so there's this grumpy old guy sitting behind uh, Alexandria's parents who are flipping out because their daughter just won a gold medal and the guy is like tapping him and telling him to sit down. I mean, how rude is that? And come on, you cannot tell me that he did. Did he not get a clue that those were her parents? I mean, why would they be going that insane? And I just think it's funny because all over the world, it's viral. They're calling him Mr. Grumpy Pants. So he's my buffoon of the week. So, you know, whether or not it was her parents or not, you still shouldn't have sat there and made faces and were just so grumpy. I mean, you're at the Olympics. You know how many people wish they were at the Olympics and you're there and then you're going to sit there like a grump? Come on. But I guess if he wants a backup job, he could get a job at Disney World being grumpy, seven dwarfs. Thank you very much. So, um, yeah, Mr. Grumpy Pants guy. I can tell you that that's a reality show in the making right there. Someone's going to whip him up and uh, you know, he'll be be the face of something. I, I see it coming. He'll be on a commercial, probably a political commercial. I can see it now. Some politician will scoop him up and be like, you don't want the country to go in a bad direction don't look like this because if you vote for that guy you're going to look like him it's it's there tell me people I'm just telling you um, alright so we're going to go to break and when we come back we're going to be talking about some of those heritage sites and uh, we'll see you on this other side this is Don Catherine it's La Bella Vida show if you have any questions or if you want to call me you can call 1-877-864-4869 <laughs>
0: is Live La Bella Vita. Stay with us to learn more about the latest beauty tricks of the trade and latest fashion trends before anybody else. We'll be back with more Live La Bella Vita right after these on Toginette.com. Bésame, bésame mucho. Nightcap Radio, 10 p.m. to midnight with Christy and Laura on togynet.com. Broadcasting from their scrappy kitchen in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, they've got nothing better to do than riff with their favorite Brooklyn-based independent vendors, artists, bands, bartenders, foodies, weirdos, and news stories. Featuring the live studio audience, Betty Rehab and the Gay Boys sex, and dating commentary with the impersonal, the unknown political mass man, Ooh. and people who kind of know stuff. Alibi! Stream on after your long week. Brooklyn's variety show of madcap intellectualism. Friday Nightcap Radio with Lauren Christie, 10 to midnight eastern on tokenet.com. Radio like you've never seen. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on com. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A dot com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. And from thence, I had great desire to see Italy and came to Venice and from thence to Florence, where I played before the Duke and got great favors. If it's good enough for Sting, it's good enough for us. This is Live La Bella Vita on TogiNet. If you love Italian food, you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, you love travel and luxury destinations and resorts, this is your show. It's Live La Bella Vita, all with an Italian flair. Now, let's get back to the show on TogiNet. It's Live La Bella Vita, and here again is your host, Don Catherine.
1: And welcome back. This is Don Catherine. This is La Bella Vita Show. And so tonight we are, of course, talking about one of my favorite places on the planet, and that would be Italy. And as you may or may not know, um, Italy is one of UNESCO's uh, World Heritage Sites. It has the most heritage sites out of any other country in the world, which I just think is extraordinary. And what is World Heritage? It's the destination... um, designation uh, for places on earth that are of outstanding universal value to humanity and such, and have been inscribed on the world heritage list to be protected for future generations to appreciate and enjoy. There is places diverse and unique as the pyramids of Egypt, the great barrier reef in Australia, the Galapagos Island in Ecuador, the Taj Mahal in India and the grand Canyon in the good old U S of A and the Acropolis in Greece. They're examples of the 911 natural and cultural places inscribed on the World Heritage to date. And uh, Italy has the distinction of having the most. They have now 72 on the list. And we're going to talk about a couple of them this evening. So we're going to start with Verona. And Verona is actually one of my favorite cities in Italy. I'm telling you, it's beautiful there. And one of the things that they're known for in, in Verona is the fact that they have a Colosseum, which is very much like the one that you will see in Rome. And it's a little bit more preserved, I would say. I actually, if you listen to the show at all, I've talked about my time there. And I was lucky enough to be there during the Feast of La Bifana, where they, which is the night of the Epiphany, which is the night that... Uh, the three kings come to visit baby Jesus. They have a huge festival during that time and I get to see a pageant that went on that starts at the Colosseum and then goes out into the Piazza and finishes there. But I'm telling you that that Colosseum is something to be seen. It's gorgeous very well intact like I said and when you climb all the way up to the top you can actually if you look in one direction you can see the Italian Alps it's absolutely amazing but the criteria that the world heritage found was because of its urban structure and its architecture it's an example of a town that has developed progressively over 2,000 years and it incorporates artistic elements of the highest quality from each succeeding period and Verona represents an exceptional way to the concept of the fortified town at several stages of European history so that is why it was chosen to be on the world heritage site so just to Give you a description about Verona. Um, Again, it is a town that was built over 2,000 years ago. Um, It's situated in northern Italy at the foot of Mount Licini on the river Adige. It was founded by ancient tribes and became a Roman colony in the first century BC, rising rapidly in importance. And it was occupied by the Lombards and by Charlemagne in 1774 and uh, that's 774 not 1774 in the early 12th century it became an independent commune suffering during the wars um, but it prospered under the rule of the Scalinger family and it fell to Venice in 1405 and was part of the Austrian Empire from 1797 until it joined the Kingdom of Italy in 1866 so when you think about it it wasn't really that long that uh, it went back into the hands of Italy uh, the core can the city consists of, the Roman town in the loop of the river, and it was the Scallengers who rebuilt the walls, embracing a much larger territory in the west in another vast area on the east bank of the river. The, uh, this remains the size of the city until about the 20th century. The heart of Verona is an ensemble consisting of Piazza Herb and uh, it has a beautiful vegetable market and marketplace there. Uh, this Piazza del Signorini uh, has historic buildings, which include the Palazzo Comune, the Palazzo Governo, uh, the Consiglio, the Scalieria, and the Domus Nova. The Piazza Bra, which is the most uh, well-known piazza there, has a number of classic buildings. And Verona was one of the richest cities in Roman remains, and these include Porta Bracci, and it's a city gate at the beginning of the Porto Leone only half of which remains um, and it's attached to later buildings that were made there in Verona and uh, you can find some amazing Buildings in architecture there in Verona. And also, there are buildings there that date from the Renaissance in the center of Verona. The churches of Santa Nazaro, Santa Maria Organo, San Giorgio, San Tommaso, San Bernardino. Uh, these are places, these are the palaces of Canosa, Pompeii, and Bevilacqua. And um, so there's lots of palaces there and different things. And from the Austrian period, period, period of the 19th century notable buildings included Castle San Pietro and Caserna Santa Marta. Those were built later. So definitely the city has definitely progressed and it's because of all of these important times through history and all of this architecture that has caused the heritage sites to put them on their list because they want to make sure that it stays um, in pristine condition and that you know that it's enjoyed for generations to come so that's a little bit about Verona and uh, Verona as you well know too and I'm just going to throw this out there so you all know that that is where Romeo and Juliet is from and uh, if you go to Verona you can go and see Juliet's balcony now if you really know anything about literature you will know that Romeo and Juliet are basically just mere characters of a Shakespeare play and really didn't live but did Or did they not? Because you know, you can write to Juliet, and if you've ever seen the movie *Letters to Juliet*, you will know that there is actually a foundation called the Julietta Association. Basically, what they do: people from all around the world to this day still write to Juliet to ask advice for love, and uh, they will write them back. And all of these ladies will sit there and write back to you. And give you some advice Juliet style so it's quite charming and uh there is a statue out in the in the area, the courtyard area. And when you go there, it's quite funny because you will see, and these people who are there, especially if it's a man that you see, if he is holding the breast of the woman, this bronze statue, do not get alarmed, but it's supposed to be made for good luck. So if you hold the breast of the statue, it is to bring good luck. So don't think that people are being perverted there because that's not really what it's all about. But uh, Verona is quite lovely and I really suggest that if you go there to go to one of the local bakeries, grab yourself a piece of bread, go to one of the, uh, Your shops or cheese shops, and get you some uh, mortadella and a little bit of cheese, and go to one of the wine stores and grab yourself a bottle of wine and go sit in one of the many beautiful piazzas that have beautiful fountains and just sit there and enjoy and embrace Verona. It's a lot to uh, see and uh, a lot to take in. It's a beautiful, beautiful area, so definitely go and take a look at Verona. You will love it. And it's a short ride, depending on where you are based, your trip when you're in Italy. It's about an hour and 15-minute ride from Venice, and uh, I believe it's about an hour and 15 minutes north of Florence. So if you're in that area, you can definitely go and check out Verona. It's a beautiful place, and I definitely think that you should go see it. And that is one of the reasons why that it is a World Heritage Site that is designated because it is such a beautiful and historic place. So... There you have it. That is the city of Verona. So one of the other places that we are going to talk about today as well, we have several. We're going to talk about the city of Ferrara, uh, which is the city of the Renaissance. And if you know anything about me, I love the Renaissance. It is one of my favorite times during history. It's the... Time that I actually studied art history and humanities, so it is one of my favorite periods of time to uh, to talk about and to to go and enjoy when I'm over there. The architecture and the art history—it's amazing. And uh, when you're in Verona too, there, you know, the one thing that I will I will say for you to check out is in some of the um, some of the piazzas they have some really beautiful, amazing frescoes on the buildings um, on the outside, which is quite you know most of the time you see frescoes on the inside on the walls and up on the ceilings and whatnot, but they do have some very beautiful frescoes that are outside that are still preserved to this day. So I think it's quite amazing that they. They are still intact. So go and check that out. So again, when we get back, we're going to be going to break in a couple of minutes. When we get back, we're going to talk about Ferrara, which again is a city of res- uh, the Renaissance. And uh, we are going to talk a little bit about Vicenza and uh, the Palladian Villa of the Veneto. So when we come back, we're going to be talking about that. If anybody has any questions or they want to... Talk to me or tell me about their experiences in Verona, they can always give me a call. And that number you'd want to call in to is one eight six nine. And uh, the other thing that we will be talking about, uh, this is going to be a continuing series. I'm going to pick out a couple of different places. And so every few shows, we're going to be going over some of these sites. And I do want you to know that uh, the World Heritage Site, UNESCO, um, definitely, which is part of the United Nations, is always looking for volunteers and for donations to help with these sites. So if something that you're interest- interested in doing is to help preserve some of these Sites. Then, basically, you can just um, go to their website, which is www.unesco.com, I believe it's actually .org, um, and go to their site. And there's a place where you can look for volunteer opportunities and where you can donate. So please go check them out so we will see you on the other side of the break this is dawn catherine this is la bella vita show and i will see you on the other side and we'll be talking a little bit more about my favorite place
0: is Live La Bella Vita. Stay with us to learn more about the latest beauty tricks of the trade and latest fashion trends before anybody else. We'll be back with more Live La Bella Vita right after these on toginet.com. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions?
1: Fascinating subjects. It's a program to pique your interest for sure.
0: Como <s> belle gelle <Sergey> luna brille strette <sum> strette come butto belle fasteggia sotto celle de Roma. If you love Italian food, you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, you love travel and luxury destinations and resorts, this is your show. All with an Italian flair. It's Live la Bella Vita. Now, let's get back to the show on TogiNet. And here again is your host, Don Catherine.
1: And welcome back. This is Dawn Catherine. This is La Bella Vita Show. And we are talking about World Heritage Sites. And I just want to clarify, if you want to get more information about UNESCO and what they do with the World Heritage Sites, you can go to UNESCO.org. And they will have all the information that you need. And uh, you can check it out. Again, they have some great uh donation opportunities, uh, sponsorships from corporations and small businesses. And also, if you are looking to maybe do some volunteer work, they have some volunteer opportunities as well. So I think that would be a really kind of cool thing to do. So who knows, maybe I will check it out myself and go and help preserve something over in Italy that would make me happy because they have so many sites that are all over the entire the entire boot of italy even down into sicily so anyway so we're going to talk about ferrara which is the renaissance city and it is amazingly beautiful and uh one of the things that uh, we're going to talk about is kind of about the architecture of of it as well it is an outstanding planned renaissance city, which has retained its urban fabric virtually intact the development in town plan expressed in Farrar were to have profound influence on the development of urban designs throughout the succeeding centuries the brilliant court attracted a constellation of artists poets and philosophers during the two seminal centuries of the renaissance the Po Delta is an outstanding planned cultural landscape which retains its original form to a remarkable extent. Among the great Italian cities, Ferrara is the only to have an original plan that is not derived from a Roman layout, which is huge because most things follow the Roman layout. It did not develop from a central area, but rather on a linear axis along the banks of the Po River with longitude streets and many streets across and around which the medieval city was organized. The most significant characteristic of Ferrara's urban history rests on the fact that it was developed from the 14th century onwards and for the first time in Europe on the basis of planning regulations that are nowadays in all modern towns. And the type of development is known as zioni. the first phase was implemented in 1492, making Farrar the only planned renaissance town to have been actually completed. The street network and the enclosing walls are closely linked with the palaces, the churches, and the gardens. Throughout the 16th century, the city was planned with an aim of making it a future capital. Its evolution came to an end after the 17th century under papal administration, and the city did not undergo any extensions for almost three centuries. The city plan in 1492 provided for doubling its area, an expansion limited to the south of the castle, this extension was completed by a new and very up-to-date defensive system made up of elements belonging to the various extensions carried out over several centuries, ramparts, keeps, semicircular tow- towers, and so forth. So those were some of the things that uh, that kept Ferrara in the Italian So there was lots of things that were going on in Ferrara that continued to make this a World Heritage Site. And one of the other things is that they had the Palazzo Schifiana. It was built in 1385, was first remodeled in 1465-67 by Borso Diest, by architect Pia Benvenuti Delge Ordini, assisted by the young Biagio Rossetti, who was responsible alone for the work in 1493. The palace has a long brick facade with a marble portal bearing the arms of the commandery. The work of Roberti, it is, however, the decoration of the hall halls and in particular the halls of the months which best illustrate the humanist culture of Ferrara and what else do we have to say about Ferrara there's a lot to say um, at one time the lands of Ferrara were crossed by the unstable water network of the Po and its meanders the bed of the river that was traversed the city moved several km- kilometers away in the 12th century leaving behind no more of a modest stream which disappeared in the turn of the 17th century and the the Pope granted jurisdiction over the city in the 10th century and built the castle on the left bank and to the west of the Byzantine fort. It's spread between these two poles along the street parallel to the river and the present day Via delle Volte and the Via Ripa Grande. At the beginning of the 12th century, the city was formed growth and commercial access moved to the north along a new highway, and the bipolar system of development was abandoned in the 12th century in favor of a single center of which the cathedral was the pivot, the center of the communal power, palazzo communal, and the Tower of Lions, um, and the quarter inhabited by the ruling class. And they all collected around this monument, which was linked to the river by a network of perpendicular streets. And the city went on developing along the banks of the river until the House of Est came to power. And let's see, I can tell you these things for sure, is that there was a long alliance between Ferrara and the Venetian Republic, we all know the Venetian Republic back in the day was one of the strongest and it was brought to an end by Ercole in 1433 to 1505 who moved closer to France and it was their daughters Isabella and Beatrice who played an important part of the political life and in its relations with Naples and the neighboring duchies of Mantua and Milano, and in 1492, the most fat, famous addition in Ferrara was as protection against Venice. The work was carried out by Rossetti again, and working with Alessandro Biondo, he extended the defensive walls around the city, whose area was doubled, and that is why the main street, with links which linked to the castle, with the villas and the park, continued to be um, around the Palazzi and protected Ferrara, so there was a conflict with Ven- with Venice, and it continued for many many years in this long dispute. This long dispute with Pope Julius II, who wanted to govern, uh, also um, the family left Ferrara, and they just up and left. And uh, Pope Clement is who took over. And nevertheless, um, there was a new fortress that was built. And the attempts to relaunch the economy of Ferrara in the 18th century began by creating a canal system to to link up with the river that was there. And basically, it was... In 1796, occupied by the French, and uh, Ferrara was occupied again in the 19th century by the Austrians, by the French, and again, if finally after being heavily damaged during World War II, um, they had a major reclamation work, and basically, it went back to the to the Italians later in the. Uh, late 19th, 18th century. So there is a lot of famous things that go in. There is an amazing school of painting there, and there are a lot of famous artists that came from there. Um, And it also played host to a lot of uh, humanists, um, Bombo and uh, Lucrezia Borgia, wife of Alfonso, and uh, Tazo, which was another poet, was there as well. So there was a lot of famous people that came there. The university that's there was founded in 1391, which had some of the most important scientific discoveries at its time. And uh, there was a lot of uh, scientists who went to that university and went on to do a lot of amazing things as well. So that is Ferrara, and it is a beautiful city. It is a very well. Put together, Renaissance City is an amazing example of what a, a, a medieval city looked like, Renaissance City looked like back in the day. So when you visit there, you kind of can feel that that vibe when you're there. So go and check out Ferraro. A lot of people don't put that on the map when they're going to see. But uh, it is so intact that that is one of the reasons why it is on the World Heritage Site and uh, why it is being preserved and why the, all the monies that uh, this organization collects is to help preserve this so that for years to come, people can enjoy it, like I said before. So uh, we have a couple other cities that we're going to talk to you about. And uh, one of them is the city of Vicenza and the Palladian Villas of the Veneto. And then also we're going to talk about my absolute favorite city, and if you listen to the show long enough, you know which one that is, and uh, that would be Venice. And Venice is actually one of the cities that is on the historic uh, heritage site uh, because of its beautiful, you know, amazing gorgeous self that it is and la sarnesima as they call it venice because of the way that it is made with all of the canals and that it was built on these little tiny islands it has no cars it's connected by just all of these canals and little bridges is what led to uh, venice being Put on the site so we're going to talk a little bit about that and uh also we're going to be going to break in a couple minutes but i can tell you uh, a couple of things that i want to tell you about venice that i think you will think is quite interesting uh they have some great facts that were given to me by the world heritage site and uh i'm going to share with them a couple with you right now um Venice, according to them, uh, and I know that I've gone over these, but it's always good to go over them again, but uh, it is a unique artistic achievement. Venice, if you've ever been there, if you haven't been, you can look up some pictures. But the city is built on 118 small islands, and they seem to float on the waters of the lagoon. They really, truly do. And when you... The influence on the development architecture of the monumental arts has been considerable, and Venice possesses an an incomparable series of architectural ensemble illustrating the age of its splendor. It presents a complete trilogy of exemplary value uh, that goes with its architecture, its art, and design, and it is an outstanding community of urban setting which has to adapt to the special requirements that its element surrounds them they are surrounded by this lagoon they are surrounded by water and they are essentially little islands and they have been able to survive all of this time so it's because of that that they are on these you know part of this historical heritage site so that would be the reason why it's on there and you know Venice was also one of the major... We're going to be going to break and we'll see you on the other side of the break.
0: He just might. This is Live La Bella Vita. Stay with us to learn more about the latest beauty tricks of the trade and latest fashion trends before anybody else. We'll be back with more Live La Bella Vita right after these on Togina.com. It's time to capture the simple piece of the Amish in your own life amish wisdom with suzanne woods fisher thursday afternoons at five four central each week suzanne will have conversations with guests about living a life that incorporates principles of the amish without going amish she'll cover the practical simplicity slowing down reducing clutter putting the brakes on materialism the historical how have the amish survived for 400 years how can we hold on to what we hold dear and the spiritual treasuring important values honoring the past and increasing peace of mind. You don't have to become Amish to make personal peace a reality. Amish wisdom will help all of us live a simpler life. For more information, go to SuzanneWoodsFisher.com. With Amish wisdom, Suzanne offers us a glimpse into a world of peace, serenity, and total commitment to family and God. This show just might change the way you live your life. It's Amish wisdom with Suzanne Woods Fisher. Thursday afternoons at 5, 4 Central, on toginet.com. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central, on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. If you love Italian food, you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, you love travel and luxury destinations and resorts, this is your show. All with an Italian flair. It's Live La Vella Vita. Now, let's get back to the show on Toginet. And here again is your host, Dawn Catherine. Welcome
1: back. This is La Bella Vita. This is Dawn Catherine. And we are going over some of the World Heritage Sites in Italy. And there are many of them. It has one of the largest collection of heritage sites in the entire world. And uh, there are many that are being considered in addition to that, so it's kind of exciting to know that they have such a uh, vast importance in this world, and that's, I guess, why I love Italy so much and love its history, because there's so much there, and it's proof in the pudding right there when you have them, you know, there's some, even the United States, I think, only has about 15, so that goes to show you exactly, and I think there's lots of amazing things going on in the United States, but. You can't compare to Italy. So we're going to be talking about Venice and why Venice as a whole is on there. And you know a lot of the reasons why that these sites are cited is because the architecture, and uh, the the historical significance significance of the city or the site itself. And Venetian is a lagoon that covers 50,000 kilometers. Its nature and history has been closely linked since the 5th century AD, when Venetian populations, to escape barbarian raids, found refuge on the sandy islands of Rocccello. And these temporary settlements gradually became permanent in the initial refuge of land-dwelling peasants and fishermen and became a maritime power. The small islands of Rialto was chosen as the headquarters of the new city. And when AD 1000, Venice controlled the Domitian coast, and in 1112, a trading market was founded in the port of Sidon. And the year 1204 saw Venice allied with the crusaders to capture Constantinople the abundant booty brought back on that occasion, including the bronze horses of St. Mark's. So when you go into St. Mark's Square and you see those beautiful bronze horses, um, that's where they came from. Of course, the real ones are actually inside in the museum on the second floor, which you have to pay an entrance fee to see, but you should go see them. And uh, But that's what they're talking about there. So I know that most people, when you see Venice and you see a picture of San Marco Piazza, you know of those bronze horses that I'm talking about. But um, the bronze horses of St. Mark's is the only more spectacular part of the loot from the Byzantium that the Doge Enrico Donaldo shared with his allies. Under the Doge, maritime empire of unequal power extended over the entire length of the shores around the eastern Mediterranean to the islands of the Ionian Sea and to Crete. During the entire period of the expansion of Venice over the centuries when it was obliged to defend its trading markets against the commercial undertakings of the Arabs, the Genese and the Ottoman and the Turks as well as those of European Marnix who were envious of its power, Venice never ceased in a literal sense of term to consolidate its position in the lagoon. The marriage with the sea in that since 1172 was symbolized by the ring of the doge who had replaced the ducks elected for the first time in 1696 by an assembly of the people was never called into question. And in this island inland sea that has continuously been under threat rises amid a tiny archipelago that at the very edge of the waves, one of the most extraordinary built-up areas of the Middle Ages. From Torcello to the north of Chioga to the south, almost every small island has its own settlement town, fishing village and artisan village, Murano being one of them. However, at the very heart of the lagoon, Venice itself stood as one of the greatest capitals in the medieval world. When a group of tiny islands were consolidated, it emerged into one, nothing remained of the primitive topography, but work became canals. But looking canals, such as the Guadica Canal, St. Mark's Canal, the Great Canal, and other, another network of small, veritable arteries of a city on water, in this unreal space where there is no motion of concept of terra firma, masterpieces of the one of the most extraordinary architectural museums on Earth have been accumulated for over a thousand years. So that is one of the reasons why venice is on that list and as you know venice is just a not only a sense for your eyes but for your soul i always say that venice is very intoxicating and i think this is one of the reasons why uh, venice has been occupied for so many years i always say that there's old souls everywhere when you're walking with venice you're never alone it doesn't matter what time of day or night you might see people around you but there's a lot more because venice has been you know around for a very long time it was a very important part of italian's history, Italy's history. It was such an important maritime area and it was such a powerhouse when it came to merchants and the money that came and filtered into into Italy itself. And that's why so many people tried to take it over and uh, tried to invade Venice for many, many times because they were so rich and so powerful but the architecture there is amazing I mean it's built on 118 tiny little islands and when you have villas that are built on top of these little islands that just are so beautiful and have such a mixture of architecture that is poured into it you have such a great influence from the Byzantine era and you see just so many different little you know hints of different things and and one of the things that I love about Italy and I guess it's kind of you You know, when they were talking about the – when I was saying earlier about the bronze horses, it really is funny that, you know, so many of the things that you find in Italy have been someplace else first. And that is because, you know, there is a long history of them, you know, taking stuff from one place and bringing it to another. And they would bring their booty of whatever it is, whether it be statues, marble statues, or jewels, or actually – People, you know, they actually would take uh, what were to be the remains of saints or relics from saints and they would steal them and bring them to whatever city because if they had them, it would make them more powerful and it would make them, you know, a place where people wanted to go and to do business. So it's quite interesting. Um, And I think there's no greater... Uh, example of that than in Venice itself, because it really, when you look everywhere, things were taken from so many different places and are, are still there to this day. And, uh, it's the same thing with, um, you know, I was just talking with somebody the other day about Pompeii and, um, and there you know there's all of these areas that have different things that were taken from other places and if you go to uh, the museum in naples you'll see a great example of how it was pilfered from other places because even though that it says it was in pompeii it was actually stolen from someplace else so they did that quite often i think that's kind of part of their charm um so that's about that's Venice, and we're going to talk a little bit about the Veneto because uh, Vincenza is another beautiful area, and, again, it's another one of these heritage sites. And, you know, Vincenza has been around for a very long time, and it definitely is on one of my top places that I have been in, in Italy, and I think that you should try to make it there as well yourself if you ever have the chance to go. Um Vincenza is, is you know is one place that I can tell you that the food is magnificent. So if you want to go get some food, definitely go to Vincenza. <laughs> they have some really, really great food. I can't tell I can't say enough about the food there. Um so one of the things that I can tell you about Vincenza and the Veneto area is that they have some of the most magnificent villas that you'll ever see in your entire life. Um, I actually have a book that talks about the villas in the Veneto area, and uh, they are just palatial and more beautiful than the next. You will have you, it's just unbelievable how gorgeous they are, and. If I could move into one, um, I would in a heartbeat <laughs> because they are just that beautiful and stunning. And it's really funny because a lot of people don't realize that a lot of those houses are, are really just, you know, when you're making your way from Venice on the train, you can see some in the distance, but uh, they're not that far away. But a lot of, a lot of the um, very rich merchants would go out on the outskirts of Venice to the Veneto area, and that's where they lived in these palatial, amazing amazing, amazing villas. So, um, Vincenza represents another unique artistic achievement and many architectural contributions from Palladio, Andrea Palladio, and is integrated with its historic fabric, creating its overall character through its architecture. The city has exerted exceptional influence on architectural and urban design in most European countries and throughout the world, and that is one of the reasons why UNESCO has chose it as a World Heritage Site. Vincenza is situated in the Veneto, and it's the Veneto region of northern Italy on the low hills between the mountains of Bercini and Licini on the natural communication route. The city of Vicenza was found in the second or first century BC by Veneti. And uh, there you can just see some of this image. The city became the see of Christian diocese at the end of the fourth century, and the fifth century was the root of successive barbarian groups, which ravaged parts and expropriated. And uh, there there was a series of plagues that happened and left the entire region depopulated. And so basically, you know, they had to repopulate and uh, Charlemagne came, he drove out the Lombards and then Vicenza became a Frankish community. And, uh, so that's kind of what happened there, but we are unbelievably running out of time. So I'm not going to be able to say everything that I want. Um, but do know that this area was beautiful. And one of the reasons why it is so popular was because of Andrea Palladio. He was profoundly influenced by his study of the monuments of classical Rome. Um, and, uh, that is really a lot of what happened. So, unfortunately, we are going to have to wrap it up for tonight. I ran a little bit long, and I've kind of ran out of some time. But we're going to do this again. We'll we'll get back, and I'll put some of this information up on the web page if you really want to know a little bit more about Vincenza and the Veneto area. But uh, we will be doing some other areas, and again, we'll touch up again, and I will kind of wrap this whole segment up and the next show. And uh, I will see you and uh, next week. Make sure you watch the Olympics and uh, you have a great week have some wine and uh, kick back one for Team USA Woo-hoo! and Team Italy alright we'll see you next week this is Don Catherine It's the La Bella Vita show thank you Anna down Texas for being the greatest producer ever love ya, bye bye everybody
0: Thank you for being a part of...